Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tampon. This is an episode I've been waiting for literally years to do. I've assembled a dozen words, and I'm sure the list could be a lot longer, and I want your help to make this list longer. These are words or expressions that I just think we should banish from the English language, or at least use them correct. Let's go through these dozen words, tell me what you guys think, and then add your opinion for what words you think really drive you crazy. All right, let's start with two of them that are British-related issues that we have with the English language. And the first one is nonplussed. Now, when I say, oh, he was completely nonplussed, what does that mean to you? What do you think? If you're British, nonplussed means that you were confused. You were bewildered. You find it incomprehensible in some certain way. That's what nonplus means, literally, if you look it up on a dictionary. But how do North Americans, especially Americans, use it? They use it as meaning, I'm unimpressed, I'm unmoved, which is a very different meaning. So therefore, don't use the word nonplus, because in the end, you're going to confuse your audience. Number two, it's another Yankee and British problem that we have with the English language. It's the word mad. The British, the way they use mad is he went mad or he was mad. That means they were crazy. They were insane. Versus in the American context, mad means what? Angry, right? Furious. Again, two different meanings. Now, theoretically, you could say, well, I'll use the word mad because he was both insane, crazy, as well as being furious and angry. So I'll just use the word mad because it captures all those particular meanings. Okay, fine, and maybe you can get away with that. But in general, don't use the word mad because then it forces people to understand what is your context. Are you a British person? How do you, how do you mean this? So don't use the word mad in your verbal nor in your written communication. And I know it's very hard because Americans love to use the word mad. That made me so mad. British people are always scratching their heads. Oh, God. There they go again, those damn Yankees with their mad word. The British people will say, <laughs> the way the Americans use mad makes me mad. <laughs> In other words, makes me crazy. Here's another ambiguous word. Bi-weekly, bi-monthly, biannually. Now, what do you think when you hear those words? So let's just take bi-weekly. What does that mean? Well, if you look up the dictionary, you'll see that bi-weekly can mean twice a week, but it can also mean every other week. <laughs> Bi-monthly, same thing. It could either mean twice a month or every other month. Literally, that's what they write in the dictionary, that they admit that this word, these words, bi-whatever, can go either way. And so therefore, don't say, subscribe to my bi-weekly newsletter, because people will just wonder, I have no idea what that really means. That could mean I'm going to get it twice a week, but it could also mean every other week. If it means every other week, use the British term, which is fortnight. That's what fortnight means, every other week. How about that? Those British guys, you know, they invented our damn language, so maybe we should use it like they intended. Just thinking. I wish I spoke like a British accent. It would be so much cooler. So therefore, don't use bi-weekly, bi-monthly, bi-annually. But you can say bisexual. That's okay. Number four. 
<laughs> I always hear people say things like, oh, I don't like to take those things because it has so many chemicals. <laughs> oh, those products have so many chemicals. Oh, don't put that on your salad. It's got a lot of chemicals. Or those packaged foods have a lot of chemicals. I know. Sometimes just to annoy those people, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to drink a chemical with two hydrogens and one oxygen. Watch this. Look, 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 look. <laughs> it's got a lot of chemicals, a lot of hydrogen, a lot of oxygen, <laughs> all mixed into making H2O. Everything has chemicals. Come on. So saying that it's got a lot of chemicals means nothing. So don't talk about how things have a lot of chemicals or don't have a lot of chemicals. Everything has chemicals. What you probably ought to say is that it has maybe toxic chemicals or carcinogenic chemicals or something like that. But just saying chemicals and making it sound like chemicals are a bad thing. You're made of chemicals. You are chemicals. Everything is chemicals. This chair I'm sitting on, this microphone is chemicals. Everything is chemicals. Number five, and this is going to come as maybe a surprise to some people, backpacking. I hate that word. I hate the word. You know why? Because as a backpacker who has walked across America four times, who has gone the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail as a round trip, and it, I backpack across Spain twice, I walked across Madagascar once. I mean, that's backpacking for me and for the community I go around. It means putting on a backpack and heading up and down mountains. So therefore, when people from my community say things like, you hear somebody say, I went backpacking all over Europe for three months. Or I went to Southeast Asia, went backpacking for a year. <laughs> We're like imagining these people like, wow, you're hardcore. You walked all over like Laos and Cambodia and Vietnam with a backpack and through Thailand. And you walk through all these countries nonstop, sleeping outside with the bugs and mosquitoes and the heat and the humidity. Oh, no. Oh, you just took a bus everywhere? Oh, you stepped in, stayed in hostels? And you just happened to be wearing a backpack? You're not hardcore, Mr. Hardcore Traveler. You're just another wimp who's out there traveling and on a low budget. Just call yourself a budget traveler. That's all you are. And you just happen to wear a backpack because you don't... I mean, what's the difference whether you have a little roll-on thing with the little rolling wheels in the back? I mean, like luggage... Does that make you like more hardcore? Like I'm actually carrying it on my back. And a lot of times people are like having Sherpas and other people who probably carry their luggages everywhere. Anyway, so as a result, we don't really have a good no word to distinguish between backpacking as a travel activity, as a low budget travel thing versus backpacking in the wilderness. And I wish we could kind of come to terms and invent something. I suppose you could just take a weasel way out and just say hiking. But the problem is hiking officially means something like day hiking. Hikers typically don't sleep outside. Backpackers do. So backpackers sleep under a tent or a tarp or out in the woods with nothing and make a shelter. Who knows? Versus somebody who's hiking who's just out there for the day or staying in huts potentially as well. So that's the problem there. And budget travelers is a mouthful. Anyway, I don't have a great solution, but just be cognizant of the difference. And if anybody should butt out, I just think it's the budget travelers who should come up with their own word. Frugal traveler, I don't know what you want to call yourself, but just try not to use the word 
backpack or backpacking when you actually just mean cheap travel. Number six, when people say that uses just a fraction of the energy that a nuclear bomb uses, or I gave him a bunch of money and he just gave me a fraction of it back. He knows a fraction of what I know about community service or the internet. He knows just a fraction of what I know regarding cooking. The point is, is that oftentimes when people use the word a fraction of, what they're trying to say to you is that it's a small fraction, a tiny fraction. But saying just it's a fraction of doesn't tell you anything. Five over four is a fraction of something, but it actually means more, <laughs> right? But four over five is also a fraction, which means basically 80%, but that's a big fraction, right? So just saying a fraction of something doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't put any context there. You need to know that it's a microscopic fraction. The United States spends a fraction of its GDP on education. Well, yeah, it pays, it spends a fraction of its GDP on the military. It spends a fraction of the GDP on social security. It spends a fraction of GDP of on everything. Everything is a fraction of the GDP in the government budget. That's it. That's normal. But you got to specify, therefore, it's a small fraction. Oh, a fraction of it. Oh, so like two over one, which is twice as much, right? Because that's a fraction. Number seven. This one is another irritate, irritating one. When people say, don't you judge me. Don't judge me. I don't, I'm not judgmental. Or I don't believe in judging people. Or don't you dare judge me. I wouldn't judge anybody about whatever they want to do. Anyway, the whole idea, this whole rubric of this idea that judging, that you don't do it or it's bad or we ought not to do it, etc. Stop. We all judge all the fucking time. Every single person judges. That's what homo sapiens do. In fact, it's even more. That's what all primates do. And in fact, most animals do judging all the time. It's what we need to do in order to interpret the world is we're constantly judging. You are judging me right now as we speak this. You're judging the way I look, the, my intonation, my voice, my mannerisms, maybe the color of my skin, the look of my eyes. Who knows? You're constantly evaluating me. Judging is evaluating. It's coming to a decision. When you turn down an alley and you look and you see, oh my God, there's a guy with a knife. It's dripping with blood. And should I walk down that alley? You're judging him. You're judging him as a potential criminal, right? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't opened his mouth, but you're judging him. Meanwhile, somebody walks into the elevator. He's got a nice suit on with a tie. You judge him saying, okay, I'm, I should be safe here. He's not going to like completely kill me. Of course, you could be wrong in your judgment, but you're judging. So the idea that we suspend judgment is impossible. You cannot not judge the brain is wired to judge all the time. So don't say to people that you don't judge or that you shouldn't judge because that is impossible. You're asking for the impossible. Instead, what you should do is be less critical of people, perhaps. Be more open-minded in your judgments. 
be more accepting in your judgments. That's what you really mean. But to ask people or demand that you don't get judged, forget it. Or to claim that you don't judge is a lie. So don't claim, make those claims. Everybody judges all the time, every second of the day, you're constantly judging when you're looking around and you're judging everything. So get over that saying. This episode is sponsored by The Athletic Brewing Company, which makes yummy non-alcoholic beer. Now, before you disparage non-alcoholic beer, consider this. During the 2020 International Beer Challenge, The Athletic Brewing Company won Brewer of the Year for North America, and they only make non-alcoholic beer. Enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover or the beer belly. Last year, Athletic Brewing donated over $300,000 to trail restoration projects. With Athletic Brewing, you can even drink and drive. When the cop pulls you over for driving too slowly, you can say, Dude, I was just chilling, drinking beer. Non-alcoholic beer, that is. Although you can't order beer by mail, you can order non-alcoholic beer by mail. So go to athleticbrewing.com, use the promo code WANDERLEARN20 to get 20% off your first order. Buy at least two six-packs so you can get free shipping. That's WANDERLEARN20 with no spaces to get 20% off. Another pet peeve of mine is proud. And this one is hard to be succinct about this. But so many people are proud of certain things that they can't control. For example, I am proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be a man. I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be white. I'm proud to be an Asian American. I'm proud to be tall. I'm proud to be short. None of these things you should be proud of. Not one of those things did you do anything to affect your outcome. The color of your skin, the height that you are, the gender that you are, unless of course you're transgender and you, you went through a change and you say, okay, I took hormone therapy. I did that, got a sex change operation. So therefore I'm proud to be a man. Okay, great. You could actually say that. Similarly, I'm proud to be American. Yeah, I'm American. Proud. Were you born in America? Yeah, you bet I was. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be proud of that because you didn't do anything to become an American. You were just born and they gave you a citizenship as birthright. Now, if you were somebody who came from Africa or who came from Asia, then of course you come to America and you get your citizenship, then yes, you can be proud to be an American. I could be proud to be Hungarian if I actually went to Hungary, lived there for 10 years, learned the Hungarian language and got my Hungarian passport, maybe married a Hungarian, who knows, then fine. Then I could say, okay, I'm proud to be a Hungarian, but I cannot pr be proud to be American. I cannot proud to be I cannot be proud to be a French person or a Chilean person because my mom is from Chile, my dad's French, and I was born in the United States. I can't be proud of any of those. I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of anything. So, for example, you graduate from college. Go ahead, be proud of that. You ran a marathon. Be proud of that. You got a raise. You got a great job. All these things, there's lots of things to be proud of. But before you say, I'm proud of X, ask yourself, did I do anything in order to earn that? You can be proud of your wife. You could probably even be proud of your kids too, right? Because you kind of help mold them, sort of, right? I can't say that I'm proud of Bill Gates. 
I had nothing to do with Bill Gates. Bill Gates, I'm proud that Bill Gates is American. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Let's choose our things to be proud of. And finally, so then to address the elephant in the room, for those who say, well, I want to be able to say that I'm proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be Hispanic. Okay, fine. What you can say is that you are happy or you love to be X. I love to be Hispanic. I love to be Latino. I love to be a woman. I'm, I'm happy that I'm a woman. I'm happy to be tall or short or whatever. But proud, uh-uh. Shouldn't be proud of something you did not earn, that you did not try to get. Another saying that drives me crazy is giving 110%. And this came, I guess it was in the 80s or 90s or something like that. I think when athletes started going on TV and saying like, yeah, coach, I give 110%. I'm like, every time I go on the field, I'm giving 110%. And then finally, then it's like 10 years later, it's like, I give 120%. I give 150%. And then another decade later, it's like, I give 200%. Stop, stop, stop. You cannot give more than 100%, period. 100% is your max capacity. I understand the idea of giving 110% or 200%. It's going beyond what you think you're capable of. Well, here's the reality, is that when you think you're giving 100%, you're actually only giving 90% or maybe 80% or maybe 95%. And almost nobody actually gets to that 100%, except for maybe people who set world records and they they really push their body to the absolute limit or push their mind to absolute limit or they work so hard at their startup company and they work 18 hour days for 18 months that is giving a hundred percent of yourself to something but it's impossible to give more than a hundred percent of yourself and don't delude yourself. I suppose the only way that you could give more than 100% is that you genetically engineer yourself or you use cyborg traits in order to expand your mind or put your Neuralink headset on and, and go beyond your capability. But toss that phrase, giving more than 100% out of your vocabulary. Another pet peeve of mine is geopolitical. Oh, God. Okay, can you guys tell me when something that is political is not related to geography. <laughs> I mean, geopolitical for me is just a snooty little word to make somebody sound smart when all they really need to say is political. When somebody says it's in China's geopolitical interest, well, why don't you just say political interest? Geopolitical. What the hell? Geopolitical? No, it's not in China's geopolitical interest. It's just in China's political interest. Biden made a geopolitical dis decision. No, it was a political decision. And he took into account geography, which by the way, any politician who's smart should take into account geography when making their political decisions. Hmm. So the whole term of geopolitical, geopolitics, that's another one. God, geopolitics. It's just politics. Geopolitical to me is just a highfalutin word to make people sound smart when in the end all they could need to say is political and here is again my 11th word that drives me crazy there are actually two of them it's asian and american not the two together necessarily i suppose you could have a problem with that as well but so when i was a little kid 
people who we used to call Asians nowadays, we would call them Orientals. Somewhere along the line, the political thought police said that Oriental is bad and we can't call people Oriental. Fine. So what do we call them? Asians. Uh-huh. Okay. So when I say to somebody, hey, I had some great Asian cuisine. Oh, yeah, really? What did you have? I had stuff from Saudi Arabia. What? Saudi food? Asian? What? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I met this great Asian guy. He's so cool. Oh, yeah. Where's he from? He's from Israel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or um, the Asian languages are so complicated. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Have you ever tried to learn Farsi? Huh? Farsi, like the language in Iran? But, that, but then they're not Asian. Oh, yeah. Where are they? Are they in Europe? Are they in Africa? What continent are they on? Oh, they're in Asia. What about Uzbekistan? That's Asian too. Huh. Oh yeah, Central Asian. What about Bahrain or Kuwait? Or Lebanon? Or Palestine? Asian areas, guys. Jordan is Asian. <laughs> so the point is, is that we have somehow taken this vast geography called Asia, the biggest continent in the world, and we've taken that word of Asia and Asian and now just made a little tiny portion of the part of Asia, which is just East Asia. And now they're using that as their word. It's kind of similar in the way that when people say European, when they say, oh yeah, that's so European, what they really mean is Western European. They mean it's either French or Swiss or, or German or British or Spain, Spanish, Portuguese. Italian, whatever. That's what they mean by European, but they don't think about uh, Kosovo or they don't think about Serbia or they don't think about Estonia or God forbid Russia, which is also a big portion of Russia's in Europe. So that's a bungled word. But luckily, usually when people say European, it's, it's, it is fairly broad, but Asian, not at all. It's just East Asian when we use the term Asian. And that brings me to the other word, American, which I think Americans should be called Yankees because we don't have a word to describe all the Americas. People from Brazil should be called Americans. People from Panama are Americans. People from Chile are Americans. They're all Americans. And people from Canada are also Americans. Now, of course, we do have the term North American as well as Central and South American. That's true. But we don't have one that encompasses the mega continent of America. Because why? Because U.S. citizens, it's Americans, U.S. citizens have usurped that word and used it to just call themselves. And by the way, talk to any Latin American person and most of them will say, I dislike the term Americans. They don't say, they'll call us gringos for a reason, because they don't want to call us Americans. They'll call us estadounidense, which is, you know, somebody from the United States, a citizen of the United States. I don't like the term Americans or America because it is a very broad term that the United States has taken over. So I think it's better to call the people of America, Yan you know, or, or anything that's American that we use Americans say, that's Yankee food. The hamburger is Yankee food. That person's a Yankee. I don't know. Come up with a different words. You could say gringo. I don't care. Or um, whatever. Fat people. <laughs> whatever you want to call us. But to me, Yankee is, is not too offensive for me. 
but maybe it is for probably half the american population. just how east asians have taken over the word asian and monopolized it for themselves america and americans have taken over that word for just referring to themselves. so i dislike those words. so oftentimes when i'm trying when people are trying to refer to let's say an asian restaurant or an asian person i often say east asian just to emphasize that um or i'll say a yankee or a u.s citizen or something like that in order to not use the term and the last term number 12 is that being said it's just to me a throwaway line that being said well you've already said it i think you could just sum it up with one word however or but that's all you need to say you don't need to say especially in written words you know that being said that being said, got three words when you can just say but or however, and it accomplishes the same thing. On the other hand, I use that expression too. On the other hand, I mean, that's a lot of words as well. I'm not too crazy about the term on the other hand, although I do use it sometimes. But somehow, that being said, it's a way of almost telling somebody like, let me remind you what I said or something like that. It just, it's strange. Anyway, there you have it. 12 words that you should remove from your vocabulary, or at least use them correctly. Let's go them over one more time. Nonplussed, mad, bi-weekly, bi-annually, bi-monthly, out. It's full of chemicals, backpacking, only a fraction. Don't you judge me. I'm proud to be X, giving 120%. Geopolitical, Asian and the word American. And finally, that being said. So that being said, that's my 12 words. What do you guys think? Do you disagree with me? Put put a bit in the comments. Let me know what you think. Please subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast at wanderlearn.com. Become a patron at patreon.com slash ftapon. And thank you again for all your support of my patrons. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn and use the English language correctly. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember ftapon. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.